Hello and welcome to a Back Up Monday and Arsenal podcast. My name is Carl, uh, at that London guy on Twitter. Uh, and we are here to talk about all things Arsenal. Uh, if this podcast goes by how the debate goes on who was going to open it up, it's going to be a very, very, very mad show. Um, joining, well, not joining me, but talking all things Arsenal today is uh, Femi. Femi? We are on together again. Yeah. It seems like uh, Danny just greets us together <laughs> as normal. Yeah, I think it's because Danny spends most of his time saying, who's coming on? Who's coming on? Who's doing it? Oh, he's like a moany woman, isn't he? But, <laughs> I mean, it's weird, and I'm not going to spoil the surprise, but although Arsenal lost badly and heavily, the pirate is not on. Like, I'm shocked, because he only really comes on when, um, when Arsenal lose, like, an emergency podcast, you've got to do it when Arsenal lose. Everyone's still talking about that one. <laughs> because it's true. If Arsenal, if Arsenal was to go to, I don't know, to Spurs and win 4-0, batter them at home, and Chris was at home, there was no French football on because they're all busy um, fighting each other in the, in the crowd and throwing things onto the football pitch. Stupid league, that is. Um he still wouldn't come on. But if Arsenal got battered by Spurs 4-0, he would be the first person on. Come on! We do love him. Uh, Danny is also here. And people, if, you could, um, if you're watching this on YouTube, you're going to look at him and think, why, oh why, is he wearing a scarf? In a-? And the thing is, if you see the scarf, it looks like something that not your mother, your grandmother would wear. So I'm, I'm, was that bought from a shop, Danny, or did someone make that for you? This stuff was about 15 quid a, what is wool wrapped up in? A bundle? A bowl? A bowl? Whatever it is. It's 15 quid a thing, and it took about five of them to make it. And I've also got a lap blanket that took six of them to make it. Sean's mum made it for me. It is very nice. Oh, it brings out the colour in your eye, Danny, so much. It, it does. Do you want me to share with you why Chris isn't on here? You should have read it in the podcast WhatsApp group. Podcast Wednesday, 7.30-8 o'clock. Who is free? In brackets, not Chris, as we are wise to his agenda of only turning up when we lose. It's it's also funny, but I think so he's true. going to be I don't know, but I think he's going to be watching um his side get this bum smacked by Manchester City. So we shall see. Yes. Uh should should we talk about I know we don't really want to, but I guess we have to talk about uh, Arsenal getting their bum smacked by uh, Liverpool, which was, I guess, not unexpected. I'll start with you, Femi. I guess when we went, was going to play Liverpool away, we no one really expected to win. But I don't think anyone expected a 4-0 drumming. Or at least I didn't, um, of course. I don't think we go through piece by piece of the game, but because we spoke about it in the podcast before. But I guess the question I'm going to ask you is, are you upset by the result or the performance? What kind of upsets you more? Being on mute. You're on mute. <laughs> Amateur hour here. What's going on? <laughs> so like Chris talk. You have to mute yourself. You're laughing. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you, you really weren't expecting to lose 4-0. I, I, I kind of... I just go into Liverpool away. I start at three. And then I, anything that's below three is, is a positive at the moment. So I, I kind of... When it went to 2-0, I was like, yeah. 
Um, and I think, <laughs> to, to be honest, yeah. No, I, I, I'm... To say, do you know what I'm more disappointed in? Not in the goals that we conceded. I'm, I'm more disappointed in our, our attacking play against in these games, basically, or non-existent attacking play. Uh, two, three, four touches in the box sometimes, hardly ever getting even near the penalty area. I think that's what is more disheartening for me. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I think that it, it, let's say you score two and lose four two in a big game, it, it, you know, that's kind of more acceptable than continuously losing. Even if you're losing 2-0 and you don't, you, you hardly ever get in the box. I think that's quite a disheartening, to be honest with you, because if we, let's say, for example, the Watford game that we played, we consider Watford, you know, a team that we should be beating and they hardly created a chance against us and we won 1-0 and everyone walked out of the, the ground, everyone walked out of that game thinking, oh yeah, that's a, you know, we played really well, you know, it should have been more than one nil, but you know, that Watford caused us no problems. And that's kind of what we are now to <laughs> the big three in the league. We just, we just get swatted aside. No problem. I'm sure their fans just don't even stress out when Arsenal play them because we don't put any pressure on them at all, <laughs> at true. all, not even a little bit of pressure. So you're just, you're literally just waiting for them to score. And then if you can score, I mean, you, well, we don't really score against them. That's, that's it really. That, that That's why I expect, I expected it to be honest. I mean, Danny, the, we won't go into too much detail with the starting in lineup, but was you expecting anything different from what we saw that play? Cause I thought, I genuinely thought that Odegaard would come in for Lacazette just because the, I felt that the midfield battle was really key. And we lost the midfield battle straight away and we'll talk about Partey later. But I thought that Odegaard coming in would just show up the midfield just a little bit more. Just because apart from holding up the ball and maybe chasing people down, what does else does Lacazette offer? Because he's, he's not playing high enough, high enough up the pitch to be a goal-scoring threat. He's literally there to hold up the ball to bring people into play. But I thought that Odegaard coming in would just make that midfield battle maybe a little bit more even? What did you think? Well, you need players that are accomplished in their own positions when you're playing teams like Liverpool. You can't get a striker and play him as a 10-8-4 and then expect him to be magnificent there. Although, I'm looking at the stats, Laka did actually get three decent tackles in, whereas um, between Saka and Tommy Asu, they got none, which was shocking. Both of our wings, uh, both of our um, full-backs and the, the player ahead of them Smith Rowe and Saka, they were all goddamn awful. That is the worst um, performance we have seen from all four at the same time because those lots should be used to overlapping each other. And then the um, Terence Trent Derby and the unpronounceable on the other side, they just ran right down those wings because they did. They were just so bad. They could do absolutely nothing. Dispossession-wise, um, uh, on the right-hand side, Saka was dispossessed twice. Tommy was dis- dispossessed three times. I mean, that is terrible. And then you look at the number of tackles that went in. Tommy has had uh, um, not a single tackle on that as, as a right back, whereas Gabriel had five, Tavares had four, and even Lacazette had three. And you're thinking everything is just an absolutely awful game. And then Lokonga, my God, I'm surprised he didn't get taken off 
um, even sooner than he did because that second half of his, luckily Arteta realised that after, what was it, 10 minutes, that this bloke is falling apart in midfield. And every single thing he did was, was just abs- rubbish, giving the ball away, passing back in the wrong position, um, not connecting with passes from his teammate. And uh, Arteta went, you're off, and brought on Maitland-Niles, and that settled us down. But that, that was too late, Carl. How about you? What did you think about the, uh, the, the positional situation of some of the players? Because I think you are right. Odegaard, that's his position, and he'd have been spraying balls all over the place. And he's got a good engine I, on him. I mean, I'm not saying that we were gonna he would have made a difference. I'm not gonna say that you know, playing Odegaard would have stopped us losing 4-0, but I felt like if you matched up our midfield to their midfield, I don't think that Lacazette was the right person. I, I genuinely don't. And I felt like you needed if we did need a goal, we needed more firepower it would be good to bring on Lacazette because we all know that Lacazette can't last more than 60 minutes. He's blowing out of his ass after 60 minutes. So <laughs> we knew at some point he was going to have to come off. I would have preferred to him to come on the bench to, to try and make a little bit of difference. But you're right, uh, Lokonga, you know, I'm going to say that he's a young... As Arsenal fans, we're going to try and make excuses for these players, aren't we? Because there are players, but he was shocking in that game. Like, literally really bad and Arteta, for once, saw how bad he was and just and took him off. And I hope he doesn't dent his confidence. And I hope he doesn't dent all their confidence because Liverpool are, we'll say, top two teams in the world at the moment. They they have maybe top three. Um, so going losing to Liverpool, there's no shame in it. I think that I don't know what happened to our players. I don't know if our players literally shit the bed and just thought, oh my God, we're playing Liverpool. I don't know what else to do. That's it. That's it, because we kept the crowd quiet, didn't we? All the way through most of the first half. First half, we were really good. We could see they were getting passes and causing trouble. But then after they scored that first goal, that's the first time you got any sound out of that Anfield crowd. And I think once that got going, it put the willies up them. But then a performance like that, I mean, because I look back at the Brighton game, for example, and everyone said, oh, it was because of the rain and all that stuff that we were hearing that day. But if you look at that performance, and let's let's be honest, the Leicester second half performance as well, where Brighton just created chance after chance, but they just couldn't shoot or hit the target or anything like that. And Leicester, I mean, let's be honest, if it wasn't for Ramsdale, we probably would have lost that game. So it's it's like you you we do have this in us, but then obviously if you play a quality side, you're they're gonna they're gonna finish those chances. To be honest. He made five saves, Carl. Amazing. I mean, it was yeah, it's just it a revelation. If it wasn't for him, we would have lost that game even more. Like, <laughs> Eight, I think if someone, if Leno, if Lennon was in that game, we <laughs> definitely would have conceded much more than four, unfortunately. And even the goals that we conceded, I, I wouldn't say none of them were Leno's. Sorry, hear me. None of them were Ramsdale's fault. None of them. Like, you don't look at Ramsdale and think oh, you should have saved that, or you should have done... I mean, maybe the first one, maybe the Mane one is probably the only one that you look at and say, yeah, you kind of maybe should have saved that because it headed it down. But anything else was... He kept us kind of in the game for a little bit, and then obviously the team just capitulated, and you you were hoping that that sort of mentality has gone out of the team, but sadly it's not. But Femi, do you put it down to maybe inexperience? And Again, I don't know if I'm looking for excuses, but you're looking at Smith Rowe, you're looking at Saka, you're looking at all these people, um, Lukonga, um, you're looking at 
Tavares, like these are all very young players with not much experience. Are you putting it down to maybe their age or something else? I think you can speak about two inexperiences. If you think about inexperience on the pitch, you're right. Um, we are very heavily reliant on young players, especially in sort of apart from the two forwards and party, basically, it's just a very young team. Um, someone like Ramsdale, even young though, has played a lot of games, a lot of football. Um, you know, someone like um, Tommy, he's played quite a bit of football, you know, but I think the inexperience that I'm looking at is on the bench as well. Because, for example, the playing out from the back, I don't understand when we decide, when we do it and when we don't, how we plan it, I don't know because some days it's like we go long when, you know, and in a day like this where we continuously play out from the back, even though, you know, Liverpool are basically saying, you know what, this is, this is like the perfect, we were the perfect opponent for them because that's exactly what they love. They love to pounce on the ball anywhere 35 yards from goal and put you under pressure. So imagine you took, Ox, for example, and you put him into our setup, would he have made a difference? I don't think so. But in their setup, he looked <laughs> he looked like a world class midfielder again, you know. And it's like it's that type of thing where their experience that they've built around him. And obviously, I always hear, you know, I always see in the group people say, you know, this team has been together for this long. They've been together for you know good four or five years now. This Liverpool team, they just add little bits and pieces to it. So I, I do get it, you know. But at the end of the day, they've got a spine of absolute top quality experience of Keeper, the Van Dyke, the Fabinho, the Thiago even, um, and then the forwards, you know. It, so it makes it easier for other players to slot in around them. Whereas we're just basically playing the same group of players week in, week out. If we make any changes, it seems to just on balance the whole team so you know it's and then like I was saying inexperience on the bench it is what it is I mean we're kind of on the bench we're learning on the job still to be honest I mean yeah it's it's. do you think it's kind of a little bit of inexperience from Arteta as well knowing that like you said Liverpool that's if Liverpool could have picked an opponent they would have picked us they would have definitely chosen us and the way that we played as well, almost because the way they hunt in packs, it's we it was brilliant for them because we would pass it out to maybe Tommy Asu. Tommy Asu would try and square it to the times of the Congo, and the Congo would lose it, and then Mani would pounce, and then Salah would pounce, and it was just like Jota would be on there as well, and just be like, there's so many times watching the game where it would show a Liverpool chance a shot, and then by the time the they showed the replay and go back to the live game. Liverpool were attacking again. So it just goes to show you that how quickly we lost the ball, um, how often as well. I mean, Danny, is that a little bit of inexperience from Arteta as well? Or do you think that the players need to take onus on the pitch? Because if you're being trained and at the training ground and Arteta's saying to you, not we're going to play out from the back, we're going to play out from the back. This is what we do. This is the Arsenal way. Do you think it's a little bit of inexperience where the players should just say, look, it's happened three or four times. We're getting hunted down. We're now going to go long. I think it is partly down to Arteta 
but he was not as if he wasn't along the, the sideline shouting every player. He was going mental through most of the game like he always does. But I think you've got to look at the fact we're playing the best team in the world, arguably, at one of the hardest grounds in the world to get a result, apart from that run where they lost six or seven games in a row in all competitions, home and away. And then you're looking at the fact that, that you are building a partnership. We always know that a, wing, uh, a fullback and the winger need to build a partnership. Now, um, Tommy Ashu and Saka have probably played together five times. And Tavares and uh, Smith Rowe have probably the same number four or five times. And also, I think there's a little bit of a hangover from Ramsdale, Saka and ESR all playing for England. My God, who'd thought we'd ever hear those words again? Three Arsenal players tired from playing for England. But you brought up a really good point, Carl. I'm sad enough to go and watch the second, the first half. Brilliant. Well done. I'd applaud Arsenal up until about the 39th minute. And even after that, we were, we were pretty good. We held our own. Uh, but you can't you can't stop the entire dam full of water coming down and crushing you. And the second half, from the kickoff, Carl, this is going to take me a couple of minutes to explain this. Um, 45th minute, Tommy throw in. Alba kicked it in the air. Lost, we lost possession. This is how many times we lost possession in the first 10 minutes of the second half. 45th minute, Tommy throw in, bounced off a of Saka, lost possession. 46th minute, Tommy throw in to Saka, who gives it back to Tommy, who then gives it back to Saka in an offside position. We lose possession. 47, Saka bass back pass to White, who lobs it downfield to no one, lost possession. 47, party back pass to Gabriel, who clears it downfield to no one and out for a throw in, lost possession. 48th minute, Playing out from the back, Ramsdale to Lukonga, who passes it straight to a Liverpool player. Out of lost of possession again. 48th minute, Tavares throw, throw in to Lukonga, who kicks it back to him, and it goes wide of Tavares and out for a throw in. Something as simple as that. 49th minute, Alba in the middle of the park, party, pass to party, who side pass it to Lukonga, who gives it to a Liverpool player. 49th minute again, Lukonga running back to goal under pressure, does a stupid pass to Gabriel, who barely managed to stretch along the... I don't know what that line is that runs along where the back of the goal is. I couldn't find what that line is. I was going to say touchline, but that's something Jace used to say. Anyway, so Gabriel's there, and he, he, he stretches to almost get it, to stop it going out for a corner, and then Liverpool get the ball. 50th minute, goal kick straight downfield to a Liverpool player. 50th minute, Lacazette running down the right towards goal, tries a threaded through ball to Lacazette, hits him on the heel and bounces away. Lacazette was off, off um, Alba was offside anyway, only two more, three more to go. 51st minute, Tavares from the left back gets the ball, starts to run upfield and tries towards um, and tries a towards goal pass to Party that gets intercepted by Jota and Jota runs down and scores. 52nd minute, Lukonga off. 53rd minute, Ramsdale gets a back pass, hurriedly gets it, turns and launches it upfield, it goes out for a throw-in. 53rd minute, Ramsdale rolls the ball out to the left to Tavares, who passes it to Aubameyang, who rolls it back towards goal, and AMN kicks it upfield and out for a throw-in. And the final one, 54th minute, Gabriel to White, to AMN, across to Tommy, who badly miscontrols the ball and loses it to a Liverpool player. So in the first 10 minutes, we lost the ball 15 times, and two or three more times from being fouled. That's in the first 10 minutes of the second half. That is comical. That's shocking. That's, that's <laughs> actually falling shocking asleep. how many times <laughs> we lost the ball. But, I As mean, I'm writing that, I'm thinking, well, this has just happened, and he's done it again. And he's done it again. In, like, in the first five minutes, or the first two minutes of the second half, how many times we had a throw-in on the right-hand side, and Tommy Ashu and whoever he threw it to mucked it up. Three or four times, one after the other. It's like Bellerin when he was taking all of his throw-ins. Couldn't get it right. But 
that's a thing you learn, isn't it? Because you've got Tavares on the uh, left back who's, who speaks Portuguese with Smith Rowe, who I doubt speaks anything other than English. And then on the right hand side, you've got Tommy Ashu, who speaks Japanese, maybe a bit of Italian and maybe a teeny bit of English, and, and uh, Saka only speaks English. So this is a, a relationship these players have got to build up, and Liverpool pressurised, just like you were saying, Carl, so much pressure on us, and every time they did, they, they got the ball, or we lost control of the ball. Well, you know what? By the way, listeners, I think you should just give Danny a round of applause wherever you are for that. <laughs> that was wonderful. <laughs> um, you know what? It, it reminds me of the Crystal Palace game a little bit. Um, if you think back to that game, where we just could not, keep the ball I think we scored quite early in that game like the ninth minute or something like that and I think uh, someone was I was listening to a pod I can't remember where it was they were saying I think a passing combination of more than three to five passes I can't remember what it was in the rest of that Palace game I think we didn't have that many of them between the time that we scored and Palace went 2-1 up until we then realised, oh, we might lose this game, then we started actually going for it. We hardly strung any succession of passes together. And it's so it's so weird that we, we just can't pass as a team. I don't know if it's... And, and another thing I hate is the fact that the players always seem so far from each other as well. Like, they always seem like they're just not... So, so they can't... There's no one to pass to sometimes. So all they do is end up turning around and spinning around and going backwards, which is how Tavares kind of lost the ball for that goal. But you'll notice that. Like they're running away like when you're being attacked by a wasp when you try and give them the ball. They go, oh, 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 what's this? What's going on? And I think if you've watched uh, the Man United United Man City game, I was watching Man City. I'm not saying we're, we're to that level, but one of the things that I said in one of the groups I was in, I said, look at Man City, the way they there's always a player available for a pass. So they kind of, the, the ball kind of does the work for you rather than the people. So what we do is we just have the people doing the work. So we have players that are just, they run so much that they're exhausted by the time they get up the pitch. So they literally create nothing. So you've got players just run it like Aubameyang just runs around for 90 minutes, especially in big games. All you see him is just running around. Nothing else. Just running around. He hardly ever touches the ball. He just... He just <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I just... It's just it, so funny. <laughs> do you think the case of hiding in plain sight? I mean, I, I can remember Danny, like me and you, like the old school guy, talking about how Walcott used to do that. He used to hide... Like, he used to be on the pitch, but he used to hide, always be in a bad position so he didn't receive a pass. And maybe some of our players are, are, are doing that now. I mean, they are young and inexperienced. And I'm not going to say all of them because you've got people like Lacazette, you've got people like Abamia, you've got people like Partey who are experienced players. And you're looking for those players to help out the young ones. But one of the things we're going to talk about is um, Partey. And I guess we can kind of maybe shift the conversation just a tiny little bit. Um I don't know what Partey's role is in the team. I can't tell you. Like I can't. Yes, he plays in centre midfield, but what is his role in centre midfield? Is he a defensive midfielder? Is he a deep line playmaker? Is he uh, an an attacking midfielder? Is he an, an advanced playmaker? What does he do? Because if you look at the Liverpool game, he he 
did nothing in that game. He hid for me most of that game. I think the second, I think it's the second or third goal, him being not tracking players, letting people run past him, that was kind of his fault. And I, I can't think of a game apart from maybe the Manchester United game at Old Trafford where he has made a difference. Now, I feel that when we bought him, we didn't buy a young player. We bought a ready-made player who could come straight into the team and make a difference. He's twenty. We bought him at 27, didn't we? He's 28 now, I believe. So I believe that we bought a player that we just didn't need no work because he was an established player, that that's what he did. And I can't sit, tell what he... I can't tell what else he did. So for me, I have to ask the question: What is what is Partey? What what is he in our team? Regretting moving to Arsenal, I think, is what he is. I think if you asked him honestly, he he probably didn't realise what he was getting into because he's played at a higher level than Partey has. He's probably seen more for club and country than Partey has. I mean, than than Arteta has. He's won more stuff. He's a better player. And he's got someone who roughly plays in the same kind of position as Arteta did for Arsenal, telling him what to do. And you got to—he's got. Sometimes you just think he's like—he's got the look of someone who's been told to do something that he's not really sure of what he's doing. With Arteta on the sideline, constantly shouting, "Everybody, get back here! Do that! Run here! Do that!" Well, hold on, son. You're not exactly Zidane. Why are you telling me what to do when you can't do it? You didn't do it yourself. Now you can't do it yourself. I mean, that must frustrate people like Party. And on that, Danny, I think also, did he sign up for this? Because basically, between him signing and now, the project has changed full circle, basically, hasn't it? You know, we had last year William coming in and, you know, Arteta saying in two years' time, we'll be in the Champions League final. Remember that? You know, I'm sure he sold something like that to party as well. To this year, us going full circle and just bombing our team with young players and saying, oh, we're starting a new, a new project. Now, imagine him now thinking, hold on a minute, that's not what you told me when I signed up, is it? So I'm not I'm not saying, you know, this has anything to do with style of play. I'm just thinking of mentality because, you, you, you know, he looks like quite a strong player, but I wonder how something like that affects a player where he's, you know, coming to the twilight of his career and he's basically been sold a dream and he's <laughs> so basically he can just he can play through the motions because he's got a, and it's not a nice thing to say i'm i'm sure he's not thinking that but he can play through the motions to be honest with you he's got a nice nice 2 300k 250k contract probably more money than he's he's earned in his whole career and when you look at his play it's like to be fair, he actually only plays well when he's playing next to Granit Xhaka. I was going to say, that's the only time he plays Xhaka well. Comes back. Well, when Xhaka comes back, Party won't be here, will he? Yeah, but when no, Party will go to yeah, the Cup of Nations. Well, you yeah, always so. you always think Party makes a difference to the team, but like Carl said, does he actually make that much of a difference when he's there or not there? I think that's a good point you made about he's been sold a lemon. That is, oh, happy Thanksgiving Day to all the Americans. I meant to say that. I did write it down and forgot. And uh, the, the Canadian one isn't until October the 10th of next year, Jeff, if you're listening. But I think when you come, you that's a good point that he had Louise, he had William, he had Jacka, and 
part and uh, Aubameyang and uh, Laka are all his age group. And now he's playing with a load of kids. Not only they're young, but they're, some of them have never played in the Premier League before. They're learning their trade and learning to gel on the job. And he's, sometimes he's got to be sitting there thinking, Lukonga, what the hell are you doing? Why? And then we could see how bad he was doing because uh, um, Arteta took him off, didn't he, after 55, 52 minutes, which is, which is good to see that Arteta has got the sense, Carl, to pull someone off and he's having a bloody mare rather than leaving him on. But then it comes to looking at things yeah, like, well, why comes Pepe didn't come on or Martinelli come on? Because you could see the Lacazette, Pepe, and um, Aubameyang um, thing was not working at all, was it? No, it was even Tavares. That it was, I think there were so many bad players that game. I don't think he knew who to take off, but he had to take off Lukonga. Lukonga was just really bad that game, and I don't know what. I mean, you don't know what happens in people's private lives. Something may have happened before the game. We, we don't know, and I guess we'll never know. Or he genuinely just had a very bad game. and We just don't know. But for there to be so many bad performances from these players, like, like I said, Tavares, I don't know how he stayed on the pitch. Not even just his the back pass, the no-look pass. I mean, you're not <laughs> messy, so let's not do no-look passes. Like, you, you're not that good. And... He, he was a no-look pass. He tried to think he was cool. I mean, but the thing is, he'd done so much good work before that because he wrestled the ball from Trent Alexander. You thought, oh my God, yes. And then he just done a no-look pass straight to Jota and Jota goes in and scores. And I think after that, he kind of lost his head as well because he was racing up the pitch trying to make amends. But then he was leaving um, Trent Alexander and also um, Salah on the right-hand side to do what they wanted. And those are two players you do not need <laughs> at all. Now, it would have been better even if, it would have been better even if um, Arteta took off Emil Smith-Rowe and then put on um, Tierney, Tierney and had the yeah. two of them on the right, on the left-hand side. Just to almost, at 2-0, you're thinking, okay, let's not concede anymore. You're not going to, you're not going to score two goals at um, Anfield if you're 2-0 down. Let's be very honest. Arsenal are not that good. So it would have been better to take off a Milsmith Ferry, putting on Tierney and just showing up, just shutting down that side of the football pitch because Salah and Trent Alexander were absolutely running riot. There was a field day for them. The, the amount of space that they had was just unreal. And it's those little things like that where maybe Arteta is a little bit inexperienced. I mean, yeah, Carl Walker sitting here telling Arteta how to manage. Like, just, you know, people will say, well, you can do it then. Well, I do on football manager. But, um, <laughs> it's, you know, it's things like that. You've won trophies. I fucking have. Um, not with Arsenal, I'll tell you that. I don't, I don't manage Arsenal football manager. They're not Arsenal. a <laughs> No, no, they, uh, they are just annoying me. But, you know, it's things like that where you can see the danger. Well, you've got to do things to combat the danger. I think 2-0 is a respectable scoreline at, um, at Anfield. But then we went gun ho and we thought, oh yeah, let's actually try and go for this. And it's kind of like, no. Sometimes you've got to know when you're beaten and just hold down the scoreline. And unfortunately, we didn't do that. But again, when when Partey goes, obviously he's going in January for a period of six months. Six it kind of made me think. 
Sorry, sorry. Six weeks. That's a hell of a tournament. For Jesus, could you imagine? He's been going for six months. Um, He's playing at the African Cup of Nations now a 38-game season. (laughs) (laughs) He's going for probably, what, four to six weeks, sorry? Maybe. Um, Do you think at the end of the season, because this is something you said, Femi, it's obviously just sparked my interest, do you think after the end of the season, let's say Arsenal don't get into Europe again um, this season, and I hope that doesn't happen, do you think he'd be knocking on Arteta's door and then saying, boss, this is not what I signed up for. I think I want to leave. Mm, I could... Well, given the money you're keeping there. You know, I've never, I haven't actually thought about that. That's a really good question. Um, I don't know, because Arsenal would want to recoup some of the a lot of the money that they spent on him because he was like an upfront payment type player, so I think that that kind of holds it back. But I could see it being a a good time to part ways on both sides, maybe because you can still get if you can sell him, you can still get some money for him if you keep if you leave it another year, then you start getting into that. Oh, is he going to run down his contracts? Is he going to be worth anything? Um, he probably signed a five-year deal. You know, he's going to be turning 30 within that five years. So your your chances of recouping any money are kind of slim to none, to be honest. And Especially for a centre midfielder as well. Yeah, our central midfield is just a joke. It's been like that for a few years, you know, and we just need to find a solution for it because if your central midfield doesn't function, I just don't... That's why we just don't function as a team going forward at all because our central midfield is so disappointing, you know, and I'm sure Partey's still traumatised from the, I think it was the Villarreal game where Arteta made him play central midfield literally by himself. Oh, yeah, the 4-1. Yeah, 4-1-4-1. Yeah, and he put Xhaka at left back. I remember that and just thinking, what the fifth is going on here? Like, And he was just getting run over I don't know if he's actually been the same since that day, actually. And, um, yeah, so there's a lot. And we've had a, a couple of those, you know, where he's had to play in central midfield by himself, where his central midfield partner is basically playing sort of left wing back covering for Tierney. You know, those types of things do not help him because he, when you have someone right next to him, like in the Tottenham game, there was a difference because Xhaka was literally standing next to him, you know, and it made a massive difference to his play. And I I just wanted to say something, actually, when you talk about Tavares, I I looked at a message from a a rival fan that I got in a WhatsApp group during the game. And it was about the 85th minute. He's never, obviously he's someone that doesn't watch Arsenal. So he hasn't seen Tavares. He just said, who is, who is this Nuno Tavares? What a mess. <laughs> yeah, he's he's had some good games though, hasn't he? But he has, but when rival fans, yeah, when you know when other fans don't watch your team, and this is you know th- that's why it's quite funny that you know you, when you're beamed when you're playing a big game you're beamed around the world, and that's when you decide to have stinkers basically. Yeah, so yeah. Who I'd like to see in our midfield? Don't know if you two think it's feasible. Calvin Phillips. I had to look his name up. They keep on calling Kev Phillips, like the Sunderland striker. He's only 25, but my God, what a player. That would he could be. fix I some goals, he, couldn't he? Yeah. I think there'll be a lot of people after him 
I think, I think he's destined for a Man United. Yeah, Liverpool and Man United, definitely one of those. Um, it'd be nice to get him, but, you know, he's an England international and he's a starter yeah. as well. Like, he's one of the first names on the, football, on the team sheet. So, you're not getting him for less than 60 million. No, he's not coming for anywhere for less than 60 million, maybe even more. So, I think it'd be good to get him, but... I just can't see at the moment. I think Arsenal need to be more of an attractive outfit. And if Arsenal don't get European football, and I don't mean that stupid, even um, inter-Toto league. I mean, (laughs) we've got to... Yeah, we've got to be in the UEFA Cup proper or the Champions League. Now, getting into the Champions League is literally maybe three teams fighting over one spot because the first three um, spots I've definitely taken, they're done already. And I think it's, um, yeah, one from maybe us, Man United. Well, us, us, Man United, that lit up the road, and West Ham. We're all going to be fighting for that that one spot. So it's going to be very, very tough to get into the Champions League this season. Then, even so, you're looking at if we don't win the, because um, isn't it the, whoever wins the Carabao Cup that they go into the Conference League? The playoff for the Conference League. Yeah, so we don't want to be in, we don't want to be in the Champions League. We want to be in we want to be in the UEFA Cup proper, the Champions League, or not at all. That'd be seventeen that. games to get to the final. That's yeah. We don't have. I don't think we have the players for that. To be honest, but if you look at the league table after the twelve games or the start we had of the season, we're only five points behind Liverpool and six behind City. That's that's not too bad, is it? But what you got to no. look at is this. This is literally, I would say, one of our best chances to get back in the Champions League. I know Arsenal fans might not want to hear that because it doesn't fit the, you know, it's a new team, it's a we're starting again agenda. But think about this. Man United are at their lowest ebb they've ever been in, for a while anyway. So you got that. You've got all the other teams around us are playing in Europe. We're not playing in Europe. You've got that. You've got Tottenham with Conte just settling in, they're going to be better next season, whether we like it or not. You've got that. Newcastle, if they manage to stay up, will be better next season. You know, so this is literally, it's like when Leicester won the league. This is a perfect storm for us to jump and sneak into that top four. I think after this season, I think it will get even tougher to get into the top four. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you, Femi. I mean, we're a team that's playing one game a week, literally. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. We should take so much advantage of that. And you'd think that Arteta, having more time on the training ground with these players, you know, would work on much more stuff. And I mean, there's, not, there's no there's no feeling to say that he's not, because he probably is. I'm sure, he's bring, I'm sure on Monday he brought them in and said, look, that was obviously not good enough. I don't know whether he makes them watch the games and say, you know, let's see where we went wrong and then go on the training pitch and work on things. I mean, obviously he's working towards, you know, beating Newcastle. But I just think that, like you said, this is a great opportunity for us. One game a week to beat the teams. You know, you're looking at all the other teams who will pick up injuries, who will be fatigued. I mean, our fight is not the Chelsea's Man United, sorry, the Chelsea's Man City's or Liverpool's. That's not our fight this season. You know, we, we're playing them, but it's not, we're not in a, um, we're in a different league. 
And I think it's shown from the three games that we played against those teams and they've all beaten us and beaten us convincingly. So they're not, they're not us. It's the next couple of games where we've got Man United coming up. We've got Everton coming up. Um, those are the teams in and around. And also West Ham, I believe we've got as well. So those are the games who, you know, that really matter, that we have to take points from our rivals because the other three, they're just, they're clear. So we don't really, we're not really in a battle with those. I just think it's... But then how do you feel about get, just giving up six games to them? We can't just lie down and be under tickled. most of Wenger's reign. The second half of Wenger's reign, it was a given. But, but then, no, but then at home, uh, to be fair to Wenger, at home, we did have a decent record against everyone, basically. So even the big teams, even if we weren't, you know, losing, we, we still managed to draw, at least get some goals against them. I mean, we can't just... We can't just go a whole season just losing, just giving up six games, zero goals, and whatever goal difference that we're racking up against these three Minus teams. Minus eleven nil, we've lost. Yeah, in those and, three and we still got to play them again, which ah. which I'm worried about because I, I get it. You can take zero points and just write off however many points you, you're playing against them, but if then you're basically leaving yourself no margin for error in any of the games that you're mentioning. So your well, main United game. We? We've, yeah. we've been to Leicester and beat them, which we never would have before. We've beaten Watford, which is another bogey team. We've beaten um, Villa, another bogey team. So if you'd have looked over this point of the season after 12 games, which would be a maximum of 36 points, and gone, well, how many points do you reckon we'd have had looking at that league table um, of our fixtures? You'd and asked you how many points would you have been happy with? Would, would either you be happy with 20 points out of 36 at this point of the season, knowing that all oh, the other teams are all there's no one undefeated, and we're ahead of yeah. Spurs, ahead of Man United, ahead of Leicester mid table, Villa near the relegation zone, Leeds they're near the relegation zone. I think I think if you take the entire thing into into a, I don't know what the word is. I, 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 I'm, consideration. I'm, I totally like it's yeah twenty point you know it's it's all good, but my thing is and my biggest concern is the lack of goals is going to come back to haunt you at some point because if you yeah if you if you if you're you're living on the edge basically you know if you're playing Norwich and you're winning one nil they could do something launch one ball in the last minute you could have drawn that Burnley away you know that penalty that that you know they gave and then got to overturn that could have been one one You've got even the Watford at home where they hardly create anything. You had a last minute Ramsdale running out like a madman and uh, Josh King hitting it into the side netting. So you're 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 kind of living on the edge when you're playing this type of football where it, it could it, those wins that we're getting, it could easily just be laws of draws or defeats. Hey, look at the goal think- difference, Carl. We've got minus four, yeah, minus one. Spurs oh. minus six, Man United minus one. Even Burn, we've got the same goal as Burnley are in 18th with minus six. Goal scoring goals is really bad, like at the moment, and it's only going to get worse kind of when Abamyang goes. Because again, we lose him for four. I think he'll be back after four weeks. I don't think Gabon are going to go very deep into the um, African Cup of Nations, but. You, when Abamian goes, you're looking at playing maybe Lacazette up front, who can only last 60 minutes. Then you're looking at maybe bringing Eddie on, 
would you give Martellini a run up front? Because he hasn't so far. Um, so you're looking at, and he's not going to give Balogun a chance because Balogun's nowhere near the first team at the moment. So you are relying on a striker who can only play 60 minutes and then bringing on maybe Eddie. Um, that's if everyone's fit. And that's not saying that there's with no injuries. So our goal scoring is, you know, it's going to be worrying for that period of time. And there's nothing in sight. Like, what, what do we do? Like, scoring goals is obviously an issue. And it's been an issue for a little bit of time now. I mean, Danny, would you cut your losses with a Bamiyang if you got an offer of 10 million or maybe 5 million? Because it's his last year. So next year will be his last year, won't it, into his the contract extension. Am I correct? Yeah, it's yeah. He's only got one more season, but this in this usually we won't leave your questions to the end of the show and go. Ah, oh, we've talked about that. We've talked about that. So quite organised, Carl. What your the, the topic we're talking about now brings in two questions. One open season at Neil Lark says we should drop Alba and give Balogun a ten game stretch. Discuss and Billy King at Billy King ninety two says. Also, do you believe that Balogun or Nketiah will be first-choice players at Arsenal? So that brings in what we're talking about at the moment. I don't think we could give drop Alba and give him a ten-game um, Balogun a ten-game run. Maybe give Martinelli a run. But you were saying, Carl, who will play when when Alba's gone away for the, to the Afcon? But it's obviously going to be Lacazette is going to play there, and then um, Martinelli is going to be the one that is going to get more game time. And you just thought, games coming up to the AFCON, you were going to give Martinelli more games, more minutes, get him ready to start playing more games if he's going to, if he's going to need him, especially with the League Cups um, coming through, because we're definitely going to beat Sunderland. And then we're into the semi-final of two games. You can't just then go to um, Martinelli, oh, by the way, you've been getting a minute here, two minutes there, that game you didn't play, and the same with Pepe. Oh, now you're going to come in and start, because they're going to be they're going to be cold. But would I sell Obama Young? No. Because uh, we need him. Because as as much as we're struggling this season, you take out Obama Young's goals, we, we'd have lost to Palace. West Brom might not have lost six nil, whatever it was. He is our top goal scorer. And see now, I think- what I was what I was doing while you were doing that was looking at our team for the last few games and the bench mainly. What you're saying, things like okay, Balogun, Inketiab. Etc. Etc. We're not even talking about the ones that don't get on the pitch, like Martinelli and Pepe. I'm looking at the bench, and then you see the bench, and this is the majority of the games. You'll see one, two fullbacks, usually Tierney, Cedric, or left back and a right back. You'll see Holden. You'll see El Nene. You'll see Maitland Niles. It's just too many. There's, and then you won't see another striker basically because you got your two strikers on the pitch. So there's, there's there's too many defensive options on the bench, or is that no me? There's just too, yeah, you you can have an Inketia on the bench. There's nothing stopping you at all. Even if he's not here next season, you you're paying him right now. So and he can maybe make an impact. At you know, you, there's no wild wild factor on the bench for us. If it doesn't work. It doesn't work, basically. You know, you, you, you can throw Martinelli on, which he hardly ever does. Pepe comes on. He looks kind of disinterested at the moment. And you've just got those two options, mainly. They just You can't just say, OK, let's stick them in and for a five-game run and bring them from nowhere, from the cold. They haven't played any football apart from 
Balogun playing under 23 football and scoring every week. Nketiah literally has played one game for the whole season. And that was the last the last League Cup game. And he scored, what did he score? One or two? I don't even know what he scored. He scored a goal, didn't he? Yeah, the one where he almost missed. There's nobody on the bench. If the opposition see them warming up, the opposition are going to go, oh shit, we're knackered. They got them coming on. No, we've got no Literally, one. Literally, yeah. We've got so coming. It's not going to scare anyone. But surely Arteta has to look at that and see, because let's say that Aubameyang gets injured in the first 15 minutes. He has to come off. And you push, maybe he pushes Lacazette up front and then brings on Odegaard. Lacazette is not going to last the whole game. It's, it's inevitable. He's not going to last the whole game. We know this. So what's his options? Then Martinelli. Now, surely, I mean, we're playing Newcastle the next game. Surely you'd look at that and think, Newcastle haven't won a game the whole season. The only team in the whole of the English Football League not to win a game in the season, um, in, in, this, in the season so far. Surely you think, okay, Aubameyang, do you know what I'm going to do? I need to see my team for when you go. So let me test it out. And then if we need Aubameyang, then I'll bring you on. But there's no better team to try out a new team against them part Newcastle. No other team. But I think we both know, or we, so all three of us know, that he's going to start almost an identical team that played against Liverpool, apart from maybe Tavares uh, and Lokonga might not play. And he may bring in um, Odegaard. But barring that, it's going to be the same team. Now, surely you're looking at this team and thinking, right, I know that I'm not going to have Aubameyang. I'm not going to have Pepe. I'm not going to have um, Partey. So I need to look at, see how my team is without these players. But I don't know. We Striking options are at a minimum and we just don't score enough goals. It shows in our goal difference. But, you know, we've got, like you said, Nketia, who's about to leave at the end of the season. You've got um, Lacazette, who's possibly leaving at the end of the season. I heard there's talk today about him maybe signing a new contract. I don't know, it was just paper talk. I'm not too sure. But, you know, so we are going to have to bring in two strikers. Yeah, but just the strikers incident at the moment. Like, you're looking at bringing in two strikers definitely this season, um, for the end of the season. Where, how, how do you just bring in, what, 20, 25 goals just like that? It's going to take time. And we don't have, I feel like we, our midfield is so bad that even just creating goals, we just don't have it in us. And I hope we try to bring in an established striker. So if we, go, if we stick with this project youth, which we might, we're looking at, we're going to do, bringing in strikers who may make it, who may not make it, you know, you're living on the edge there. You kind of want ready-made goal scorers. I mean, I know there's talk of Calvert-Lewin coming in. You know, there's a possibility of him, maybe, and the guy from Florentina as well. There was talk about him coming in. Um, and Isaac, uh, Isaac as well, sorry. But, oh, the Swedish kid. Yeah. Yeah, I'll see that. But are these players going to want to come to Arsenal? You know, this is not the Arsenal of old, unfortunately, where, you know, quote-unquote, our knock is different, you know. Shout out to Don Raul. But um, <laughs> we don't, we, you know, this is not Arsenal. If you go to another team and say, okay, we want to buy this player, or you go to the agent and then they say, okay, what are you going to offer us? Okay, we can offer you money. Okay, where's my European football? Um, yeah, we don't have that. Okay, well, who are you going to, else are you going to bring in? Um, not too sure. But, you know, you can play with 
this player and that player, like, it's not attractive enough. So I think the striker situation, I mean, you can happily say that Arteta's kind of sorted the defence out. He, that's kind of sorted and Definitely. it should be that defence for a few years to come. That's sorted. And then you've got to look at now, the next problem is the striker situation. So Arteta now has to sort out that situation in the, in the new year. Do you always feel like there's always something that the manager needs to do, Femi? There's always something that, you know, there's always a problem that he needs to solve. There's always that firefighting. Yeah, it's it's been like that since he joined, isn't it? It's, it's no, it's like okay, um, he hasn't touched the attack though, has he? Since he's been there, it's basically no. all players he's in, inherited, basically. Apart from giving a bum in the contract, I don't know if that counts. Yeah, he, yeah, apart from that, um, he hasn't really no. touched the the attack. So I think that must be the next focus of the management team. And like you said, it's like they I thought we would get to a point where we could add we, we need to well, let me rephrase that. We need to get to the point where we only need to add maybe two players a season rather than mass wholesale changes. We're basically gonna have to change our whole forward line next summer. So we're gonna have to sign another four to five players the way things are looking because you're gonna have Lacazette leaving Eddie leaving. I'm sure Pepe at this rate should be leaving. I'm betting he's probably going to go out on loan with an option to buy somewhere. So that's already three players that you're going to be down and you're going to need to replace those three players. So it's another big overhaul in the attacking area next season. But my biggest thing is it's chance creation. Getting the Even getting the ball to the attackers is a problem. Um, I read somewhere that we're 19th for big chance creation in the whole league. That's not, that just can't, that's not on, to be honest with you. So you can have a Bamiyang, like I said, running around like a headless chicken, but he never gets the ball in the, the places that he, he, we know he's deadly, which is in and around the box. He doesn't touch the ball there. The, the, he, he, to be fair, I think he had 23 touches the other day or something like that. He, he doesn't, even in, in smaller games, he just doesn't get the ball where he needs to get it. We don't, we just don't put pressure on teams enough in terms of pushing the ball through, creating chances, constantly pressuring teams like Liverpool did to us. We we don't play that type of way. So it, it, for me, it's like, okay, one attacker, a Calvert-Lewin, uh, Isaac, would they really make a difference unless you sort out the way you move the ball around? I'm not so sure about that, to be honest. Yeah, I, 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 I had to uh, agree. But the problem is, Danny, what do you prioritise? Would you prioritise the the striker situation, which we're going to need to, or the midfield? Do you sacrifice one? Because we can't bring in two strikers and then look to bring in an abundance of midfielders. So do you say, okay, we're bringing one marquee striker and then we have to promote Balogun, no if, buts, or maybes, um, and then maybe look at another midfielder to play either alongside or with Partey slash Xhaka? Who bought Partey? Was it Arteta or was it Emery? Arteta. Arteta bought Partey. Right, so... Arteta, if I was a uh, big stan, apart from signing all of his money over to some fat bloke in Manchester, the second thing I would do is go, look, we've given you um, where's the? We've given you forty-five million for party. 
giving you 35 million for Odegaard. That's 80 million pounds for two central midfielders, give or take a, a deal position, a bit back a bit forward, a bit left a bit. That's the gist of it. When he was buying those two, neither of those were bought to be on the substitutes bench, were they? They were um, copper bottomed, as Quinton Wilson would say, first team regulars. You don't spend that much money on someone if, unless you're not going to play them. And so Stan or whoever's in charge, Josh would have to say to them, right, there's your two in the central midfield. They're the two that you want. We've backed you with a new right back, left back, and a new centre back, and a new goalkeeper. You've got your two central ones. Now, the big question is whether the the, the owners are going to back him and say, right, well, you've shown what you can do with the defence. That's worked magnificently. You've not really done it in the central midfield too. Do we, can we justify giving you another... 100, 150 million to either partly get rid of Young and Lacazette and Eddie and uh, and Pepe, fund having to lose money on those, or give you money to buy new strikers. Because I doubt very much there's any more contract cancelling coming on after we've seen what's happened with the Bundesliga bastards, hashtag that never caught on, sadly, with RIP. But I think... You can see that Arteta has a plan. You can see that it's, if you give him his own players, it's going to work. At the moment, it's 50-50. Defence has worked. Central midfield hasn't. I think maybe they could gamble and say, right, we'll, we'll get rid of Lacazette or Lacazette's going to leave. We'll, we'll try and get rid of Young, and you can have two more players to play up front. And that's it. Then you've got your best 11 and you've got a load of young players coming through for the rest of it, for the, for the suspense. Plus, you've got a few stragglers. That, that nobody really wants, but they can still come in and play League Cup games. He's made a huge mistake on Mari. Well, that's ended up costing us 7.5 million twice. Part of it was a loan. And then I think every 10 games he plays, it's another 1.5 million or some figure like that, which is crazy. So he's going to cost us 15 million quid for a player that looks like he can't even make the bench. It looks like Chambers is ahead of him. Yeah, he doesn't even make the bench, yeah. And he's not injured and he's not playing for the under-23s. He's doing nothing. Which is plus Suarez. That's another player. Cost us five million to have him on loan. Didn't use him much, and then got him on a, a free transfer after on half four decent wages. Yeah, for four years. Absolutely you, crazy. You so free, but hopefully the, the owners will gamble and say have some more money for a striker or two. But then, Quite Danny, good. you're you're sorry, Carl. Um, you're basing that on the fact that Arteta isn't. He'll be there. Because as we've seen this season, you 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 literally uh, Dean Smith loses five games in a row. I I would never thought Villa would sack him. That's crazy. He loses five games in a row. He's gone. Solskjaer was second last season. Once you start losing, there's no more there's no more Solskjaer to take the pressure. If you go on any sort of bad run again, the pressure's going to be on. The media's going to be on him. The fans are going to be on him. You you you. That's saying he can survive to to fix the attack, basically. But do you think maybe the reason Villa did it is because they had Steven Gerrard waiting, and the reason Man United did it is because they kind of they want um, Zidane in Zid, Zizou. They want Zizou, and it's debatable whether he's going to come or not. But the, I think the the um, the Oli one has just been two or three seasons, two whole seasons and two half seasons of a lot of disasters. But the only reason Dean Smith went is because someone thinks that Gerard is Gerard. It's not Julio. That Gerard is going to be some kind of a decent manager, and I reckon he's going to be another Lampard. And so they got rid of a manager who was building stuff and done stuff for Villa, and then even crazier, he goes to Norwich. I mean, that's just like jumping out of the frying pan into the the pot noodle tin. It's 
crazy. But then it shows you how quick that everything changes. <laughs> so, you know, it's all good saying, it's all good saying, you know, next year he can build the attack. Mm-hmm. If he goes on any sort of three, four game losing streak, the pressure would be on We've Arteta. Had the because already, of, though, and there was nothing yeah. done. The yeah, end of last that, season and the beginning yeah, of this. Back then, I think more now. I think, do you know when you see other teams pulling the, pulling the trigger, it does make you think, okay, now if other teams are doing it, other teams are going to get better. Because they are, let's face it, as much as I hate to say it, Spurs are going to get better under Conte. Whoever Manchester United get, whether it's Pochettino, whether it's Ten Hag, I don't think Zidane is going to come to them. So it's going to be either Pochettino or Ten Hag, isn't it? Or they're talking about the, is it Valverde from, um, is it, what's that? he counts his name. Um, yeah, Valverde. Yeah, is it the, Valverde? Old, yeah. the old Barca manager. Yeah, I mean, surely Ronaldo is going to have an input. So if Ronaldo goes to the Glazers and says, you know what, I worked really well under Zidane. Um, I won a, a Champions League under Zidane. I think you should get him. I'm sure they're trying to pull hella high water to get him. But if not, the senior players at Manchester United will have uh, an input. But whoever they go is going to be better than Ole, 100%. So it's not hard, is it? I, said, yeah. I just said... Before anybody jumps at me in the comments, I said the form we had at the end of last season, I meant the end of last year, Christmas. And it was only that Chelsea win that saved him, wasn't it? Was it Chelsea we beat in the league after doing absolutely nothing for months? I mean, like, like Femi said, and that's the, he, he said exactly the same point that I was going to say. There's no guarantee that he is going to be there at the end of the season So to back him. And do you know what I mean? There could be a run somewhere in the... In the um, in the league where we just don't win games. I mean, I've just gone going through the fixtures now, the rest of the fixtures, just thinking, is there any hard, quote-unquote, hard runs? I mean, we've got Newcastle next um, mm-hmm. at home. And let's be honest, if we lose to Newcastle, a mm-hmm. team that hasn't won a game at they the won. end of like, the season, then I wouldn't say smash because... Of course they were, they're they rubbish. Eddie. Yeah, but it's a new manager bounce, isn't it? Eddie Howe no. on the bench after his covid if he's going to be there, I can't remember if he's allowed. Um, and then you've got Manchester United away. Well, by then, they probably will have a new manager. No, they'll still have Carrick. Carrick, Carrick, Carrick will be there. Carrick's, if Carrick's still in charge, then I would say we kind of may have a chance. Well, the first, thing he, did was, the first thing he did was bring in Van der Beek and uh, Sancho, didn't he? Sancho. Yeah. yeah. And they got a result yesterday, which just goes to show Funny that. that he just went all out attack. You, you know yeah. I mean? You've got these players and you're not playing them. And you think to yourself, that just shows what Ole, did he have an agenda against these players? Now, it does make you think why certain managers don't, just don't like certain players. It's just very weird. Like, surely, if you buy a player like um, Sancho, who arguably was the best player in Bundesliga last season, maybe minus um, Lewandowski, and he comes to Manchester United and he can't get a game at Man United, something, it, it, it can't be the player. It has to be the manager, yeah. has some sort of agenda against him. But, but I mean, back anyway, back to Arsenal. So we've got Man United away, then we've got Everton away, and then we've got Southampton at home. Everton away is always going to be a tricky game, even with their bad form. You know, going to we can win all four of those. We could, we could, we could beat any team, Danny. But there's no no guarantee that we will. Um, and then we've got West Ham at home, and then we've got West Ham at home, who, you know, 
their top four rival. What's the date for West Ham been, game? It's a Wednesday, so we got oh, so basically uh, December. Good, they won't have Jesse Lingard yet. He'll go there in January because he's not playing for United <laughs> much. That's when they'll be even more dangerous than they already are. Yeah, and so you're looking at these teams and you're thinking, you got these games, sorry, you're thinking we could beat all of those, like genuinely. But then the run comes in January where we've got Man City at home where we won't have... We won't have um, party, and we won't. Oh, have, don't! Don't be ruining um, Christmas, Carl. Stop it. <laughs> and then we got Tottenham away as well. <sighs> in that much, so we got back to back. We got Man City at home and Tottenham away, back to back league games. <laughs> and in there, there's an FA. In there, there's an FA Cup game as well. And if we make it past Sunderland, there's a um, semi final of the League Cup. So it, it, it's. <sighs> <laughs> that would be the time. I, I really want to say, yeah, if you're going to do that, then, then that's the time. And But even so, and let's say you get rid of Arteta, who, who is there to bring in? Everyone will start screaming managerial names, but most managers who come into a football club want money. Now, I, I, I dread to think of how much money Tottenham offered to Conte for him to come. Because if he rejected them in the Was summer... 20 million a year? I have no idea. That's more than 20 million, really about United. 20 million for the 18 month contract. I'll have a look. You keep on talking. But you think to yourself, Femi, no manager's going to come in without assurances that they're going to be back to the next transfer window, wherever they come in. How deep are the Cronkays' pockets to say, okay, do you know what? We are going to back you and we were going to give you 150 million to buy, to bring the team up to Scotland. I mean, this team probably needs upwards of 300 million spent on it no they're not going to spend that but you know well, managers want assurances that they could get money yeah. well look at this today the Cronkies were forced to pay 790 million dollars to the That's city of <laughs> to the city of St. Louis um, for oh. moving the Rams well, I think they've, they've had to was, yeah they've had to make a settlement thing only a couple of weeks ago they said it could be a billion. Yeah, so they settled on seven. Now, well, I'm sure they'll 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 do a little payment plan <laughs> by now, pay later. Ninety million. Yeah, they've got a, they've got Argos a fork card. out. They've <laughs> got a fork out the seven ninety million. Considering that the stadium costs about two billion to build as well. I'll tell so, you, fuck all for Christmas. So you. You can kind of see what they tried to do this summer, which is kind of invest heavily in terms of if we invest young heavy, then the probably the plan is if you can keep those players for a good four or five years, then all you have to do is pretty much add sprinkles around them when once you fix the attack. So you you like I said, you kind of need to go hard again on the attack next summer. And then after that, then you can be in a decent position to know where you are as a as a club. So let's see if the Cronkies, you know, you know, Josh did his little rounds again last week, saying the same things that he always says, the, the the good things, which are, you know, we want to we want to compete with the best, we want to win the Champions League, all of that that stuff. Let's see if if they're going to continue to to realize. But I, I hope. <sighs> There's something in me that hopes Arteta does it, but I 
was always, you know, I'm always like, oh, yeah, I'm 50-50, you know, I'll, I'll never go too hard on him, but I will not, if there's something to criticise, I'm not going to not criticise it as well. But the the my thing is, I'm just not enjoying the lack of goals, the lack of chance creation. That that worries me, especially when you talk about those types of runs of games that you have. That's you, We've got to pick up goals. We have to pick up goals. And that could be his undoing as a manager but you know we 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 it's it's a it's been a funny season hasn't it in terms of up and downs um we haven't we hadn't lost for 10 games but we didn't really look secure in those 10 games a lot of those as well so we'll see i guess the sign of a good team is when you can still win by playing badly but Arsenal have been doing that for <laughs> a long time. So, you know, we've had to get used to that. But I don't want this Liverpool game to be like a catalyst to attack Arteta. We was never going to win this game. Let's, let's be very honest. And I was optimistic that we would maybe draw this game. And I was hoping that we would, but obviously that wasn't to be the way. But we've kind of got a ignore that game, sweep it under the carpet. That game's done. It's moved. We've, we've finished. We move on. And we need to basically, you know, move on to beating Newcastle. Now, Dan, I just want to touch on Newcastle quickly before we do listeners' questions. Like we said, Newcastle haven't won a game. They're the only team in the whole of the English league not to win a game. Surely, surely that run continues when they come down to the Emirates. Or will like Dubravka turn into um, Oliver Kahn? Well, I think we will smash them. They'll be away, and they've got a new manager who might, or might, or might not be there due to COVID. You might have to be doing it via Zoom call on via the pitch. You've got uh, a couple of ball boys running around with an iPad. No, not an iPad with a Google device. Anything for iPad. Uh, running around with uh, an Alexa, de- not Alexa device. Oh, for fuck's sake! I'm getting even worse with this. Some kind of screen where he can see his players, you know, like in and if did you ever watch the um, oh, that I like the IT crowd, but the American version where they had uh, the um, the app, what was it called? Oh, oh no, you're talking about Pied Piper, yeah, that's it, the Pied Piper one. If you, if was, you know, um, you know, then they had Silicon one of the, Valley, Silicon, Silicon Valley. Valley, you had one of the people <laughs> who couldn't make it, so you had a little robot on wheels with a big stick with a big screen on it. You can imagine one of those running all the way around the outside of the pitch with uh, <laughs> with, with his face on it, shouting and screaming. And Arteta will go, I'll have some of that as well. All the players have to carry around devices so they can talk to Arteta. Aren't we allowed to have ear, ear bits so they can communicate with the players? That'd be sneaky, wouldn't it? God, imagine the earache you'd get off of Arteta. Anyway, not worried at all, Carl. I went completely off track there. Much like one of those robots, I'm not worried. We will. I'm four or five nil because they are pony. Femi, do you mm. think we've got it in us to score, even against Newcastle, to score four or five goals? No, <laughs> I think <laughs> I just not. I, I don't. I'd I'd love to see it. I'd love to see us just go out and just, just, just. Uh, even a five-three, I don't even just something just to get the the blood flowing, you know, just to to, to just enjoy, you know. I like winning, but I, I winning in style. But I can see like a, a cheeky little two-nil, three-one um, type victory because they've obviously they've got a new manager and they seem to want to go full out all attack, judging by their game against 
Brentford, Brentford. I want to say. Brentford last week. Yeah. They want to go full gong-ho attacking football. And their defence just cannot handle that type of football. Their defence already couldn't handle just, you know, just just defensive football that Steve Bruce was playing. They were still creaking. But if they want to go gong-ho, they're going to leave lots of space for us. And I really wonder, actually, at some point, we're going to have to start talking about Saka and his numbers. Uh, we won't do that today, but I'll let you guys do that on another pod. <laughs> His numbers are just he has to he has to put in numbers, especially if he's a starter. Goals and assists have to improve from um, Bakaya Saka. You know, I love him. You know, he, he carried us for majority of of the time, but the numbers have to improve. I said this a while ago and I was told that he was only 19 and leave him alone. So I was like, okay, but... <laughs> if I, he's a starter, you have to him. judge him as I a starter. I mean, I agree with you. you have, he has to start improving his numbers 100%. I think... Um, didn't Arteta say that about Smith-Rowe last season? He said, if you're playing number 10 for Arsenal, you have to be aiming for, you know, 10 goals and something assists. And, and then he puts him in the wing. But yeah... <laughs> 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 but yeah, no, I, I, again, yeah, we let um, other people discuss that. But I think Saka definitely his numbers, but Odegaard as well. I mean, I know he hasn't played uh, a few games, but Odegaard needs to start putting in numbers as well. He, his assists and his goals need to improve as well. God knows what we do with Pepe. Uh, again, I see that sneaky um, little stories in papers and on, on Twitter about accepting 25 million pound for him and who knows um, what that happens but um, just real quickly both of you before we do listeners questions your score predictions for Newcastle so Danny you're going for what 4-0 5-0 uh, 5-0 yes I'm nothing if not delusional Definitely. I'm going I'm going 2-1 although I do love Femi's 5-3 <laughs> I'd, I'd love that so much. What well, wasn't a game we beat them? Was it seven 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 two two? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it was seven two something like that. I can remember. It was, Walker, around, it was like, around the Christmas period as well. Yeah, I remember going from Walker. We got he got fouled, got up, carrying on running, and then yeah. scored. Sort of, yeah, I do remember that game. That was. Um, yeah. I'd um, love something like that. Going? What are you going for? I think I'm going to go for three nil. I would love to see a different team. I'd love to see, like I said, not start this game. Um, I think oh, this is a game where if you need a confidence booster... The last time we did that, Brentford beat us 2-0. Yeah, but we had our two main strikers, <laughs> didn't we? So, you know... Mario and Holden in the defence. A £50 million pounds, uh, defender not playing. But I would love to see Odegaard come in. I think that... Tierney needs to come in for Lacazette. Sorry, sorry. Tierney needs to come in for Tavares. Definitely. I think that um, probably Ainsley McNamara needs to come in for Lokonga. Conservative. Indeed. Uh, and then the rest of the team kind of put <coughs> itself. Would you maybe even drop Saka and or um, Ainsley? I'm uh, sorry. Um, Emil Smith Rowe for maybe Pepe, and you tell Pepe, you know what, Pepe, this is your chance. Newcastle can't defend, just run at them. But what you need to do is just absolutely run at them, run them absolutely ragged. You know, there's a lot of things that Arteta's got a week to think about, and hopefully we will beat Newcastle because, you know, Geordie's who backs them. Anyway, Daniel, do you have some uh, listeners' questions for us? 
certainly do. I'm just busy. I've changed the name of the podcast. It was going to be called Mugged by the Scousers. I've now changed it to a tangerine and uh, a lump of coal and a tangerine. If not, just and I just for a couple of couple of bits of clip art. Are you right to stay with us, Femi? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do Lovely. it. Lovely. Right, I shall alternate the questions between the pair of you, starting with you, Carl. He said Matt. Then not Matt. Uh, Matt L. Roberts at Matt L. R. Twenty eight. Does Arteta have an actual playing style with this team? The only way I can describe it is bland. He says. I don't know what our playing style is. Like sometimes we'll string three or four passes together, and then people got the cheek to call it Arteta ball, which I don't get what that is. Um, Arteta needs a settled team, but the problem is every time we think we've got a settled team, we get an injury, or he decides to change it randomly. Um, with one game a week, obviously you're trying to keep people happy by playing them as much as you possibly can. We don't have the added European football fixtures or he has to worry about, you know, player fatigue because technically he shouldn't. Apart from Lacazette, who just cannot last 60 minutes, more than 60 minutes, which is very, very weird for a professional athlete. But, you know, um, no, there is no style. There is no rhyme or reason because we're not, a, are we a highly oppressing team? Are we an attacking team? Do we sit back and beat, um, beat teams in a counter-attack? No one knows. No one knows what we do. Um, especially for people that watch, you know, our team week in, week out, couldn't tell you. So once Arteta does decide his playing style and maybe he, maybe whatever style he wants to do, he doesn't got the players to do it, which is obviously I can see, you know, that's not being a thing, but hopefully in time he will find his own style. Very good. I agree with all of that. Right, Femi, from CP... Actually, we only had one question from Matt, and then I said on Twitter from the podcast account, we've got 30,000 followers. If you don't give us some questions, I'm unfollowing everybody. Then we've got about another dozen questions. So, like moaning at you lot, I threatened to... uh, Who did I threaten to fire today? I think it was Stokes. Yeah, so oh, my bought was repeating on me. Yeah, so that's that's a figure. That's how you do it in life. You threaten people with violence. So there you go. Um, from CPH Gunner, and that is also his at or her at or their at. Who knows? Um, who should we bring in as a new striker in the summer? Mm, I think we we kind of touched on some of this. Um, we had uh, Isaac Isaac Isaac, I think, from Sweden, yeah. who plays for Sociedad. Yeah. Uh, the Fiorentina guy, <laughs> I mean, I'd already said, I had already heard that he said he was not interested because he's basically got a pick of teams that he can go to at the moment. <laughs> he's that he's that popular and he's already said he's not interested in Arsenal. So that's a no-go. Um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, I just can't see Everton selling to us. Um, they probably see us as a very direct rival and to prize him away you're looking over 70 probably million um i don't know we're gonna have to get creative to be honest with you gonna have to get creative because i mean look at liverpool i mean i'm not saying we can compare ourselves but that's where we want to aim to get to they were playing what jota up front davide man city play what Foden sometimes and Chelsea haven't even had Lukaku on this good run. I don't know if he played yesterday, but they haven't had Lukaku on this good run that they've no, been on. No, he's still not injured. 
Yeah, so I mean, there's there's different ways to play, but if you're talking about, yeah, we 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 have to find a different way of playing, a different striker because we got <laughs> we got a pure number, you know, a pure number nine, a pure box finished, uh, and we got a hybrid. I don't even know what he is at the moment. Number eight, what I don't know, deep lying forward. I don't know what position Lacazette plays, but you've got those those pure strikers and it's not really worked it's not improved our style of play so i'd love to find someone who can alter our style of play if you know we're saying we don't know how we play but there must be a blueprint that arteta wants to work to there must be maybe the villa game or the first half of the tottenham game there must be something that he thinks, okay, there's a striker out there that can... I mean, strikers are funny, though, aren't they? Just just rounding off on my point. Because look at Sebastian Heller. Heller. He was yeah. dog rubbish oh, at West Ham. Ajax. He's at Ajax. He's not only scoring goals. I mean, if it was the Dutch league, we'd say, oh, you remember players like Kesman, etc., etc. But this guy is... He's top scorer in the Champions League, for God's sake. Yeah, he's, 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 he's doing it. He's doing it. Yeah, so strikers are funny. If we went out <laughs> next next summer and we bought Sebastian Heller, imagine the uproar from the Arsenal fans. <laughs> 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 so yeah, so it, it's, 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 you just have to pick who fits your, your system, basically. But Tadic did the same thing. Left Southampton as a, a midfielder, went there, and he was scoring 20 goals a season. I think the Dutch league is quite easy. But Still if they're good. doing it in the Champions League, though, yeah. which yeah, Tadic did it. in that season that they got to the yeah. semi-final, you know, you can you can see you can kind of yeah, exactly. Um, right, two part here from Kieran at Kieran Gunner ninety three. Have you ever thought Fizzy Water would repeat on you? Good God! First part I'll answer. Where are the A-lister podcasters? Andrew, who are you? And Raj, face with tears of joy. Sorry. I think there might have been an emoji there as I cut and pasted it. Uh, we're all in a group with Fifey. Uh, what's the update on Fifey, um, Carl? Is he? Is there any chance we ever get him on again? Uh, I'm working on it. Let's just say that I uh, every so often I message him and ask him to jump on. Sometimes I don't get a reply. Sometimes I do. But I've promised that one day he's going to get to work on time. So obviously. Um, once, when you the dear listeners are listening to this, you're probably going to be thinking, yeah, whatever, Carl, because your company is now on strike. Because if you don't know, London Underground has a strike on <laughs> Friday and Saturday. Um, not me. Saturday. Going into, yep, Friday and Saturday. They have uh, I'm going game. Into, I am going into work, but it's not <laughs> on the... No, it's on the Piccadilly line. I do, I do like it. It's on the Central, Jubilee, Piccadilly and Northern line. Um, so, people, if you are listening to this and you're going to the Arsenal game, please plan your route alternatively because it's not going to be fun getting to the game. I I, I am so sorry about that. Again, not me because I'm going into work. Um, but if I get five into work one day on time, promises, promises, a promise is a comfort to a fool also, remember that, uh, he will come on. And the other part, Raj, Raj was meant to come on a few weeks ago, but... The, um, the bootleg Beatles, which he is, he runs and owns it. They're back on tour, and he's busy doing that now. So Raj is on a sabbatical from ABW, and uh, will hopefully be back soon as well. And but the main question he says, or it's kind of same what we asked. Uh, he asked uh, Femi, 
or someone to the last question did do you think we will buy a striker in january not necessarily who though no we won't buy a striker in january i, I just don't i mean unless you can we don't even we've got two young strikers that don't even get on the bench well, i mean what what's the point mm. of buying another striker i don't i don't Is understand it in that. back in january that better not happen, by the way. Oh, I, I don't. That rumors just came out of no. I swear, someone is just is just trying to troll us. To be honest with you, because that rumor just came out of nowhere a while ago, and then this week, I've seen it about three times, and I'm like, nah, someone's just just pulling our leg, really, aren't they? What do you think? Oh, yes or no? I don't think so. I think if we get anybody, it'll be on loan. Um, but at the same time. Are you going to buy a striker in on loan where he's going to be what maybe third choice? Are you going to freeze like a set out? You know, this person after Abamian comes back, he, you know, they're not going to be a starter unless you're looking to freeze both of them out. So I don't think we'll buy a striker in January. No. Next question for you, Femi, from friend of the show, Jimmy R, who is at DCU underscore Guna. How do you protect young stars like Nuno Tavares and Sambi Lokonga from tanking their confidence while also doing what is best for the team in the short term? Good question, Jimmy. That is a really good question. Um, I mean, it's quite a tough one, isn't it? Because sometimes people say, oh, well, you know, just play them through the the rough patch and they'll get through it type thing. And then sometimes we've seen it. I mean, we we're Arsenal are just a perfect club for this example because we saw it on the Arsenal Wenger when we we did the the old school Project Youth, which was it was a weird Project Youth, but we saw players just sink or swim basically it's, it's it it was it was a sink or swim world it's literally you know you've got a denilson for example let's let's look at denilson comes into the team we think oh this guy's promising he looks good has a few good games and then just a few bad games and his whole arsenal career just absolutely just tanks that's it he just was never the same again and his whole career was never the same, let's be honest. So it's it's kind of like you've got to find balance because someone like Lukonga, for example, I was watching, I, I don't know if you guys saw it, the video of company and how highly he rates Lukonga. He, he thinks that he's got potential to be one of the best midfielders of this generation. And, you know, you've got to have patience with a player like that because you, if if he's got that level of talent coming into the league, you know, Arteta's got to protect him as well a little bit in terms of knowing when to bring players out of the team, which he doesn't seem to do at the moment. Even someone like a Smith Rowe, for example, or a Saka, they need to play every single game. You've got to trust your squad a little bit. You know, Dave went away, for played for England, 90 minutes. Sometimes you think, mm, do they need to play this game? Just, just you know, give them a rest or something like that. But it's a, it's a it's a balance in that. But it's mentality as well. These young players have to have a strong mentality. You're going to have bad games. You're going to have days like Saturday as as long as you play. So are you strong enough to handle it? Some of our older one, older young players, they weren't strong enough to handle it. So let's hope we've got a better group of mentally strong players. I mean, but you're looking at Arteta's man management 
and you can't say he's been brilliant. You look at the Gwendozi situation. Um, he, I don't, I personally, and people can talk about how much of a prick Gwendozi is. Arteta did not handle that situation well at all, not in the slightest. Um, the whole we could sit here all night and talk about the William Saliba situation. Do we think Arteta handled that situation well when this guy? Who you know, his mother passed away and he needed a shoulder to cry on. What did Arteta do? Leave him at the team um, and then just send him off to France. Like Arteta, I personally don't think is, is a good man manager. I, and people could be screaming at the he, listening to this and thinking, of course he is. He, he, but as a manager, you need to put your arm around players sometimes. You need to, like you said, sometimes know what I mean, you look at just one thing that kind of springs to mind is do you remember when we played Tottenham at home and Abameyang was late? And for that game, he didn't start Abameyang. Okay, he sent a message, but you put him on the bench. So for me, either take him out of the team or play him. Put him on the bench, doesn't do anything because if we needed him, you would have brought him on the football pitch. There's no doubt about it. If Lacazette would have got injured, you would have definitely brought him on the football pitch. So, in some sense, you can say he's laying down the law, but I, I feel like he doesn't have that, you know, that shoulder to cry on. Like, if you was a, um, a football player and you had a real problem, would you, you want to go to your manager because that's the person you should go to? But just some of the situations that Arteta's handled, I don't see him being a good man manager. I don't know if anyone feels any differently. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I look at the... I look at the Balogun situation, for example. We fought tooth and nail to keep this kid. <laughs> tooth and nail. I remember all last mm-hmm. season, everyone was like, oh, why is he not playing? Mm-hmm. He came on in a few Europa, scored first touch, this and that. And we just said, oh, he's gone. We were resigned to him leaving. He signs a new contract. And literally... I said, he goes, ha Literally, I mean, fair enough, he's not playing for us, but why didn't you send him on loan? What is the actual point of him playing under 23 football for a whole season? Of the league, though. It's a trophy. Yeah, he's playing really well, but <laughs> I mean, he, he's just he's wasting. He's he's just, he, he, I mean, look at, you have to have a pathway for something like that. Look at Tammy Abraham, for example. He hardly, I mean, he played a season for Chelsea. They got 40 million for him because he had gone on loan to Bristol Rovers. He had gone on loan to. Villa, you know, and and you you have to plan out the the, the look at Eddie and Ketia, for example. He's just doing nothing. He's lost. He's just both of them. It looks like it's going to end up with uh, Balogun ending the same as Eddie, a shitty loan to someone that wasn't planned out, and looks like he's lost in the wilderness. Yeah, you have to. I mean, that's how you make money. Even if you 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 tricked him into signing a contract, you you let him send him on loan, play him until he leaves. You know, that's that's what we want to do with young players. You know, you. So it's 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 a balancing act. But like you like you said earlier, that he always seems to have something to do. Always, there's never like just calmness. Just oh, let's you know, just calmness off the pitch. Right. Next question. Uh, who had that one? Uh, who had the last question? I can't remember. I think we did. Uh, I oh, did. right. Uh, this is from Tone, at Tone, 74662527. No need for that, Tone. What can we ask that hasn't been asked before? I don't know if that's a question. It's got a question mark. 
is the lack of creativity the midf- in, in the midfield to blame for the lack of goals, or is it the strikers, or is it the seemingly rigid tactics of the manager? Hashtag Arteta out. That's maybe a very sad tone, Carl. Um, a little from column A, a little from column B, and also oh, a little from that. column C. You I love that answer. Um, <laughs> it, it's a mixture of all the above. You, a striker can only score if he's given the ball. Um, the striker runs around like a headless chicken, so doesn't always, not always in the box to score the goals. Arteta's tactics are not good enough to for the players on the football pitch because you have to work with what you've got. So the players are not on the players on the football pitch are not good enough. So to mess around with the tactics so that they can create chances so they can give to the striker. So it, it is a mixture of, of all of what um, Tone said. <sighs> Sadly, you know, there needs to be an improvement in every department in the striker situation, in the creating chances, uh, and maybe the managerial situation as well, where I'm not Arteta out, um, not at the moment at least anyway. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think... Like I said, I think at the start of the season, you don't give someone 150 million to spend in the summer and then sack them five games later. It's just not something you do. You've got to give someone the chance to prove themselves. And the first three games when we was all screaming that he's not good enough, do do I think Arteta is a long-term plan for Arsenal? No, I don't think he's going to be good enough. And I do think by the end of the season, you may well see him go. Um Okay, but again, if he guides into the top four, he he's staying, isn't he? He's definitely staying. So, you know, time will tell. But yeah, there is a mixture of all three. Good. Um, next question from Ricky, which is R I C C I A F C, and that's also there at. Realistically, how much do you think, for you, Femi, realistically, how much do you think we would look to spend in the transfer window? What would you consider suitable given our current position? And he uh, adds with, do you think Arteta has what it takes to take us to the next level, competing with the top four and contending in the Champions League? That's a half-hour podcast on its own, Femi. You, you get on with it and I'll have a little sleep. <laughs> um, first question, I don't think we'll spend money in January window. I think at most we'll do a loan of a central midfielder. Um, the Renato Sanchez um, rumours are still going, aren't they? Um, so that could be. I mean, if I think whatever we do, we'll get a player on loan. I wonder if the the hour our rumours will come back at some point. He's playing so quite the well. The pirate insist on coming on. You can't <laughs> even say that word about him popping up behind one of us. Just check behind, he's having it. behind the curtains. Well, well, that's it. He's he having it. Games, these games are always cancelled, isn't it? Because the games keep getting abandoned. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, he's having a, a, a decent season, actually. I've been keeping an eye on that. Um, In the prison riot league. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um, I think central midfield. Uh, that's why the Sabias rumors just just make me laugh. To be honest with you, but I could see a loan there. I, I don't see us buying another strike. I mean, we got we got strikers that don't even come on the pitch. So what's going to buy another striker in, in in January until we know what we're doing there? I don't see the point in that. Then is Arteta question. I was, oh, do you know what? There was a game where I was like, you know what? I think, I think, 
I thought, you know what, yeah, I think Arteta can get us to a level and then someone else is going to have to take us to the next level. I, I just think that's the way it's going to work. I think he c- he could work at another club, but I just there's just something not... I, I don't know. There's just something that... This, I, like I said, I want it to work, but there's just something. It's that Maybe it's that rigid football that someone else asked in the question that I just... I just, I just want excitement. I, I just want to see goals and chances being created. And yeah, I don't know. It's just, who knows? I, I don't know. I don't think he will be the one to take us to the next level. Let's put it like that. I think he can take us to a level, mm-hmm. but to the next level. Look at the managers in the league. That's that's all I'm gonna say. We've got the, we've got three or four of the best managers in the league in the world in this league. Yeah. Um, we've got a you know a Klopp, a Pep, a Conte, a uh, who else? I don't know. Klopp, Conte, yeah, yeah, Tuchel. You know, you you're competing with you, you know on these guys, whether we like it or not, we can see in their style of play. Let's take someone like Tuchel for example. He has totally changed Chelsea, and that's just because he's just a damn good manager with the same players as well yeah so that's the difference that these big so that's what you're paying for these when you're paying for these coaches let's be honest it's the same as players if you pay for budget players you you, you're Burnley if you pay for top players you know you're you're Man City that's just the way it goes Carl from David Dixon at Danger Dave Dixon so don't fuck this up because Danger Dave will come and get you uh, he says, what are Mikel's weaknesses and what should, dash could, he do to improve them? Good luck. Uh, it's, that's a hard, very hard question. I can only go by what I think. Um, definitely his man management style, both on and off the pitch. I think when players are off the pitch, like you said, when there's no crowds in the um, in the football arenas and we could hear like pick up every single thing on the mic... You can hear him coaching players with an inch of their lives. Stand here, stand there, go here, go here. Like starting, over, over, over. Laka, laka, laka. Like literally telling players where to stand like within millimetres on the pitch. So I think he's got to, on the, pit, on the pitch, he's got to trust players more. He has to because he can't keep just, you know, coaching players. I guess you've got to get players to just play football and sometimes I think players are scared to make a mistake and because that's all he does. He just, scream, he's just screams at players and he can't do that. And maybe off the pitch, he needs to be a little bit better at man management because, like I said, I'm not just, I know, I know Gwenduzi was a prick. You can just see it. Like, um, but it seems to be that's the way. Just get rid of the players. Just get rid of them. Just get rid of them. Instead of, I mean, we don't know what happened behind closed doors. We don't know if him and Gwendouzi sat down together and said, "Look, blah 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 blah." Did he like blast him in front of the um, of the dressing room? We don't know. So, I would say his man management style is definitely things that he needs to change both on and off the pitch. Good answer. Right, three more questions to go. One from Sam is a. Uh friend of mine from Twitter. Yeah, I think he's in New York. Happy uh, Halloween. 
Thanksgiving or Halloween, a late Halloween and an early Thanksgiving. So Sam is at Sam six seven three zero six zero one eight. He's actually a good follow. I mean, if I follow him and I don't follow many, he's a he's a nice bloke. Where do you see the Arsenal finishing this season, Femi, and then Carl? Uh, in our predictions that we did at the beginning of the season, I had us finishing sixth. And I don't see any reason to change that. So I'm still saying sixth. I think between fourth and seventh. Somewhere between there. <laughs> I'm saying fourth. Because I don't care. Wow. I'll break all the rules. <laughs> right, Carl. Um, question from Arsenal Adria which is Arsenal underscore A-D-R-I-A. Do you think Young is the right type of person to be our captain? Do we need a, quote, cool, quote, no, start, quote, cool, end, quote. I'm trying to think of a new way to do that because they normally go, quote, and then you have the start, quote, and the end, quote. So, uh, yeah, I've still not um, put that out. Captain, or should we have a proper one like, I don't know, Lacazette? What is a proper captain? I mean, do you want an old school captain like Tony Adams, a John Terry, a Steven Gerrard? Like those sort of players don't exist anymore. Those sort of captains, they just don't. You know, I mean, you don't see them anymore. Um, do I think Aubameyang is a good captain? Well, he didn't come out for interviews, did he? When we lose, no. So. In that, I would say no. I would say if I was a football, if I was um, an Arsenal player and Aubameyang was my captain, you looked at captain to lead. He's got to be front of the camera. Whether he he's a show off. Aubameyang is a show off. That, that's what he does. He's a he's a showboater. And but you can tell when times get tough, he he's he hides um, because I remember times when we were losing games and you're seeing like a Mason Throw come out for interviews and you're seeing. Um, you know, the young players come up in interviews, which shouldn't be. He should be front of the camera no matter what. Um, if you used to look at the Arsenal team right now, apart from Tierney, who who would you want to be the captain? I mean, long term, because Lacazette is going in the summer. Would you want Partey to be a captain? I don't, I don't think no, I've ever heard no, Partey. Who sh- would probably be captain? We know. He should be Shaka. No, we shouldn't be Granit Xhaka. But we've seen seen Granit Xhaka take the armband. He's just not officially... I don't think think after what happened, you can't officially give him the armband. Um, So, I don't know. But, you know, when Aubameyang does leave, you know, who takes it? Is it going to be... Is it going to be Kieran Tierney? Because I can't see anyone else taking the armband. Would you even give it to... um, Ramsdale, he might the, way Ramsdale screams at, the way Ramsdale screams at players and, you know, he's, he's a voice and that's what you need. You need a voice. So I wouldn't be surprised if you saw Aaron Ramsdale be our captain within the next oh, two seasons. I hated, I hated Czech as captain, man. I forgot who I he was. so much. He wasn't <laughs> really a shouter, was, was he? No, Majority he wasn't, that but season, he, it he was, was experience, wasn't it? It was experience. But he had his helmet on, so he couldn't hear anyone. <laughs> oh, behave yourself, Dan. It just had LBC playing it on in a pair of headphones inside it, listening to Nick it was because It was because of his experience, but I wouldn't be surprised. In fact, I'm saying it now, within the next two years, Aaron Ramsdale will be our captain. Mark my words, you've heard it here first on ABW. That would be a disaster. 
Clip of the week. You think so? Clip of the week. Clip <laughs> <Yes>. of <laughs> the week. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised. Why do you Dude, think what team? At, okay, Tottenham have their captain as... as yeah, look as how well Reece, that's done. <laughs> I like the idea of Ramsdale. <laughs> I just can't think of many teams that the club captain is a goalkeeper. Seaman was yeah, for a bit. More, but is it more now just a... Does the captain mean what it... Yeah, does it mean more... Now, I mean, is it, does it work the same now as it did back in the day? I don't think it is. But I don't know. I'd love my captain to be someone who's out on the pitch, who can, you know, put pressure on referees like Roy Keane used to do and protect his players. If you're a goalkeeper, you're just, you're just, yeah, you're just too detached from the game for to, to get involved in stuff like that. But then who would be No one, no one can understand him. Give? Um, yeah, I, I just. Take away Granit Xhaka, Ben White, would you put him, the man who literally <laughs> come out and said, I don't watch football games, I only play the game and that's it? Would you, See, that's, so I'm, that's pretty, nah. I'm telling nah, you, sorry, I think he was joking there. I think he was, he was doing pure... Joke. I think he was having everyone on. He, he he just said it with a straight face, but I think he was just joking. Well, he's a good-looking chap with all the tats, so that's going to get us some extra viewers if he is coming on after we've we've won. But yeah, it's got to be Kieran Tierney and then maybe Ramsdale occasionally. But Ramsdale will just annoy people. But Femi's got a point. You can't direct play from the middle of the goal, can you? You can't, as a goalkeeper, run up and argue with the referee and then he gives a quick free kick and you're by the halfway line. Not going to work. So, but there again, we've heard him shout. You don't have to be near anywhere near the ref Ramsdale to hear you. He can perfectly be understood, even if you're the opposition goalie. Uh, right, next question. A final question for you, Fem, from UHAMMAD Adam at MOEHA Moadam. Uh, who can Arsenal genuinely get? if they deem the Arteta project a failure. Kind of touched on this earlier in the show, but no one put any names down. So, Fem, then Carl. Oh, I don't me, know. straight away, straight away, I'm going to Ajax and I'm slapping down some whatever they want for their manager. <laughs> I, I'm so impressed by Ajax, the way they play. Uh, I'm watching them. And I, like I keep saying, not just in the league, in the Champions League, and this is the second time they're doing this in the Champions League. They navigated their group with ease. He's got young players that he's building. He's got random senior players, like you said, Tadic, Hala. Like, he just makes it work. And the style of play, I just love the way they play. You know, so fearless. But if it was me... There's not many, like I said, there's not many big managers out on the scene right now that are not snapped up. Um, so, yeah, for me, that's that's the one. That's the, one. the only problem I can see with that is that De Boer was magnificent. Ajax did the similar stuff, went to Southampton, last to Paris, went to lasted three minutes, fired, went to Atalanta, you know, went to Atlanta in, the, in MLS, was absolutely atrocious, um, refused to, to play the South American style football that they play there because they have all the um, um, South American players, or they did a few years ago. And then you had the other one who was did wonders at Ajax and went to Dortmund. It was an yeah, absolute yeah. failure. That is a very easy league to do, make yourself look good, as we've seen by quite but then a few he, people. But then the difference is he's doing it in the Champions League. 
that's, that's the odd, that's, that. yeah that's the only difference like i always look at you the, the mark of a team the 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 the, the that run they had to the tem- semi-finals in the champions league was just ri- just ridiculous to be honest they should have got him? to the final if we're really being honest that was that last yeah that was goal. him yeah they should have beaten tottenham they had tottenham beaten dead mm. to rights in that in With that more game of it coming in and the then ball. you've got and then this season this is now them back in the champions league and you know they've just won they've won their group with ease so let's see how far they go. But for me, I've I've seen a nice style of play. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, that would be my choice still. Well, they lost Van der Beek to United. They lost one to Barcelona and one to Juventus, didn't they? Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Exactly. Well, they spent another year rebuilding. And... Plus, they played great football and scored loads of goals. And that makes Femi happy. Cue Femi smiling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, don't say Sam Allardyce or I'll cut you off. <laughs> no, 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 because depending where we are, when um, Arteta goes, we might need Pulis, you know, just to. <laughs> no, but I was going to say. Carl, don't fucking ruin it. Why would we not want. Do you remember when people were calling up a Pulis a little while ago to fix our defence? No, oh, never. God. Never. Yes, people were calling up a Pulis. Like, what the actual hell? But um, I was going to say Ten Hag as well. Because we have to be realistic on who's going to come to Arsenal. We 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 really do have to be realistic. Um, thinking of all the the question of what are we going? Let's say Zidane doesn't go to. I mean, if Poch goes to Man United, then Zidane's going to PSG. Let's be honest, that's what's going to happen. I can hear Chris in my right his wife has got a big say. Yeah, she doesn't want to go to Manchester. I'm yeah, but should happily go. I'm, I'm sure he should happily go, go to back Paris. to Paris. But oh, yeah, so. He that he must have that job. Like if, if Poch does go to Manchester United, like he's he's definitely got that job. But I can hear probably Chris Carpenter saying, Yeah, you don't know nothing about French football. Yeah, you fucking like this and no one wants to either. But um yeah. He, you won't be listening, you're lucky. <laughs> true. But yeah, um who else out is who who is around that would that Arsenal could attract? Because we're not the Arsenal of old where we could get any team. We're not that's not us anymore, unfortunately. So Graham Potter. Um Josh <sighs> says no, he's not ready. He's not ready. Yeah, I think that's what he says. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know, but Ten Hag would be the person that I would go for as well. To be honest. Well there you go. That is all the credit. I don't have an answer like I ever do. I just stick with Arteta. And uh, I think that is all of our questions. Thank you very much to everybody who sent us in a question. Luckily, I don't have to unfollow 30,000 people because that would have taken a while, but I'm determined. Carl, back to you. Oh, I was just back at ITV Studios. Like, back to you in the studio. Um, I'm trying to sound professional. You. Yeah, you are. Um, do we have any gentlemen's nod shout-outs? Uh, yes. I- Oh, look at you being all prepared. Thank <laughs> you. All right, go on, Daniel. You go first, then. Who's your gentleman nod slash shout out to? It's going to go to a certain gentleman called Giuseppe. If you know, you know. Lucky, lucky man. Ooh. Lucky man. So Too much what, oil, love. Too much oil. You can fuck it up. I'd have been happy if any one of them would have won it. But I'm not saying what program I'm talking about because there's some people that haven't seen it. So on, on the. Um, 
that was a uh, big brother in um uh switzerland i'm talking about carl save me I, I i i i don't have any idea what we're talking about Danny. um so why don't i quickly run through my phone uh femi who's your shout out to <laughs> I don't have one to be honest. I, I'm not prepared at oh, all. Bloody um, hell. This is this is How about with all bad the people business. that are gonna have to walk to work on Friday, Carl. Do you owe them an apology? <laughs> Each and every Do one I of owe them. them an apology. Um no, because it's not me, it is the train operators that are doing it. Uh I fortunately only semi manage them. I don't uh that's not my problem, but um, again, people, if you are travelling Friday or Saturday, please plan your journey. If you're going to any football games, uh, please, please, please plan your journey properly because you will arrive at your local tube station and you will probably find that you will have no service at all or the service will be very, very limited. So everyone that's leaving Arsenal and you're looking to go to Arsenal or um, Highbury and Islington or Frinsby Park, you may want to take a bus or walk to King's Cross where you've got more services. Um, my shout out is going to go to Andrew Fife. If you're listening, make sure you come on the podcast uh, next time. It's also going to Jeff Arsenal um, because he's going to sort me out some more tickets soon for Arsenal. Uh, also going to John because I like having. I think um, I like annoying John in our groups. He uh, <laughs> he says logical things, and sometimes I just like to drop a little bit of. Um, you know, just a little bit of not logical stuff in it, and it kind of gets John going. But majority of the time, he does talk sense. Me and John too busy picking like, on Chris to. Yeah, I was about to else. say the John and Chris conversations. Are... <laughs> you love to multitask, yeah, Carl. <laughs> yes, um, Chris stuff come up with some weird and wonderful things in our uh, WhatsApp group. You can say bullshit. If, People know what you mean. It'd be funny if if we win on Saturday. Uh, we actually do really trounce Newcastle. Um, if you pipe up then, what is the game? Is it an early game? It is, isn't it? It's like a 12 30. Yeah, Fucking, I'll be watching that in bed. I was gonna say, are you gonna be awake, Danny, for that? <laughs> Hopefully. Well, I'm up at nine tomorrow morning. If anybody is in Milton Keynes at IKEA tomorrow, uh, you want to come and see me, uh, don't. <laughs> I, I thought you're doing a, um, a, a greeting. Uh, so yeah, bring your bring your old Arsenal programs, and Danny will sign it for you. <laughs> Each and every one of them with my frozen sausage fingers. Good God, it's going to be God. so cold. Do you like the little Danny, announcements at the bottom of the screen, Carl? This is a London Underground announcement. Yes, please plan your journeys ahead because uh, unless the strike gets called off at the eleventh hour, which is not looking good at the moment, uh, it's going to be a very long journey into work. So again. Uh, on, on Saturday, please, 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 people, plan your journeys. Right, uh, that's enough of that. Uh, Femi, thank you for coming on today, even though you're working extremely hard. <laughs> thank you, guys. Uh, Danny, I'm not thanking you because you have to be here. This is your baby. This is your podcast. So you've got no choice but to be here. Thank you to everybody who couldn't be fucking bothered to reply whether they could make it or not. <clears throat> Pirate. <clears throat> Oh, no, he wasn't allowed, was he? That's the first time he's not turned up because he wasn't allowed to be. Yeah, have, have some of that. Leave that on. That'll sort us out. Carl, yeah, yes. Thank you. Hashtag for... out. Farmers yes. League. Flip him. Bastards. If, if they stop fighting each other, they might actually finish a game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yes, so uh, thank you to you for hosting, Carl, and for you, Femi, for turning up. It's been an absolute joy. I think that's it, Carl. We've, uh, the next show should be next Wednesday, I think. Yes, after our resounding 7-0 win over Newcastle. And on that note, uh, thank you, everyone, for listening, and we will see you next time. And always remember, hashtag fuck Ellis. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog. <laughs>